surrounds the stadium. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Now it is cemented for Michael Diamond. And there in the middle, and the crowd erupts. Australia win. New world record. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. We have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Welcome to the Have A Go podcast, Olympic special. Hope you're well out there. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined by Dane Eldridge. Welcome to the program, mate. How are you going? Very well, mate. Very well in the midst of uh, some heavy Olympic spirit and I'm feeling fine. So today, mate, I want to focus on one of the most iconic moments in Australian sporting history. Not just Olympic history, sporting history. Actually, just history in general. I'm talking about when Kieran Perkins won gold in the 1500 metres from lane eight back in Atlanta, 1996. One question to you, mate. How good was it? Oh, mate, it was absolutely stirring, wasn't it? Oh. I mean, he was, like, in a word, he was fucked, really, coming into that race. Yep. And and basically, in hindsight, you know, the, the, the sands of time have been very generous to this race. And I'm happy to call it, you know, Australia's swimming heyday, mm. you know, distilled into 14 minutes, 56.40 seconds, uh, pretty much. And it hit all the touch points, didn't it? You know, mm. it was an against-the-odds triumph uh, in a swimming pool. Yep. Okay, as part of an Aussie Quinella, and it was voiced by Dennis Cometti. So I don't think it gets much, uh, much more um, swimming than that. No. I mean, was there any more memorable sporting moment in your entire childhood than that specific event? Yeah, well, look, I never thought we'd top, you know, Origin in LA, uh, but I think that day we did. I mean, it was, a, it was a resurrection and exaltation before a nation's eyes, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, I, I'm happy to say it's the closest thing to religion I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, um, we all know Jesus rose from the dead, but he never did it from the backwash in lane eight, did he? No, and he didn't ever did it in an obscure time zone for broadcast no. as well. <laughs> no, he didn't. I mean, didn't. I mean, is there anything better than just a clean-cut Olympian winning gold on foreign soil and then coming home to a ticker tape parade on George Street? There's not. Uh, we need that. What we would do today for a Perkins-like hero, we're crying out for it, especially in these difficult times. We need a Kieran Perkins. We need a saviour. We do. I mean, look, I, I, I will continue to feel incomplete in my life as an adult until I can throw pieces of paper on top of someone in my lunch break down George Street. And that's what I want to do. <laughs> so let's talk about the race. Actually, before we do that, let's talk about the 1500 metre discipline in yes. general. So what is it about that race that stirs us as a nation? Because we're good at it. Yeah, I don't know. And, and it's, a, it's a real prick of a race, isn't it? I mean, mm. I don't know who in their formative years wakes up one morning and say, Jesus Christ, I'd like to swim a K and a half you yeah. know, a couple of times a week <laughs> at pace um, uh, once every four years for a medal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite odd to think. But um, for some reason, we're really good at it. And we've got a really rich history of distant swimmers. You know, if you go back through the years, we've got, you know, Perkins, Grant Hackett, um, Daniel Kowalski, yeah. Susie Maroney, and of course, in recent times, Ben Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Probably the most famous uh, a yeah, distant yeah. swimmer of all time. I mean, yeah, you're right in saying that it is a proud tradition 
Um, mm. You know, right up there with two up on Anzac Day <laughs> or just dobbing on someone for breaching COVID restrictions. I mean, these yes. are the things that we celebrate as Australians. Um, there's a bit of strategy about it. You know, it's 30 laps of a 50-metre pool. It's not yeah. just about getting massive and, and going as fast as you can. Did you know, actually, that Kieran Perkins never touched a weight during his peak years? He really? never, never set foot in a F45. Just okay. TheraBand <laughs> exercises and a stretching program, and that's all you needed. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just pool strength, isn't it? I mean, mm. uh, you know, you're underwater uh, swimming against the force of the fluid <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, you're going to uh, take on sort of uh, otherworldly strengths, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, uh, that you will never find um, doing curls. But, but it's sport as theatre, isn't it, the 1500? It goes for that perfect 15-minute time frame. Yeah. You know, the 50-metre sprint, it's just a blur of whitewash. You can't even distinguish the blokes. You can't see them. No. You know, you no. just got to wait until to see who won. But, you know, yeah. there's something about it as a televised sport, the 1500. And, um, you know, we've got a strong history in it, you know, going back many years. But Perkins, I mean, we called him the Superfish. Mm. And we don't mm. use nicknames like that lightly, although we did also call Thorpedo. The superfish yes. as well, but we, he oh, okay. was the superfish. Kieran Perkins says it all, He's, really, doesn't it? Certainly does. Uh, you know, from a from a simpler time, wasn't it? You know, um, that's that's who he was, and that's what we would uh, put on front of our breakfast cereal packets. Mm. But yeah, just going back, mate, to um, to the fifteen hundred and the and the strategy. Um, yep. You know, again, like I even remember, you know, a, a confessional here. Like even when that race was on, I, I, you know, we we approached the start. The the nation was anticipating. The gun goes off, and they start. They get a few laps in. You go. You know what? I can probably just piss off and get a drink, you yeah. know, and come back. I don't really need to see the middle parts. I'll just come back at the end and see what's happening. And I often wonder, for a race of that length, what is the strategy, mate? I mean, you know, we can we can mm. we can uh, wax lyrical here and repeat, yep. um, you know, buzzwords and act like we know. But you know, is it um, you know, are you staying off the opponent's shoulder? Um, you know, or are you mm. leading and conser- conserving? Or is it just human growth hormone? Well, all three, I think, ideally. But yeah, yeah, look, I think you know there are two options: go out hard or or hold back, and that's that's those are the only two options available to you in sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much like being on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. back to your thing about being able to leave and you know have a drink during the the event. I think they do KO minis um, for the <laughs> fifteen hundred. So Kieran Perkins, mate, truly dominant. Um, let's have a quick look at his history. So he was a childhood prodigy, as they all are. He was the youngest yep. person to break the 15-minute mark at the age of 16. Yep. Uh, in Barcelona in 1992, he smashed the world record, led the whole way, was the flag yep. bearer at the closing ceremony. Yep. Um, he continues to dominate through the years. So 1993, he was actually part of the Australian delegation sent to Monaco to bid for the Sydney 2000 Games, which, of course, we won. I'm sure he was instrumental there no in those back channels. Mm. Um, and then in 1994, Commonwealth Games, and again, you know, Commonwealth Games, asterisk, but he broke the 1500 <laughs> metres and the 800 metres world record in the same swim. And World Swimmer of the Year Award from Swimming World Magazine in 1994, which, as you know, is my Bible. So he was very, very dominant for a number of years. But in the lead up to Atlanta, it wasn't smooth sailing, was it, mate? Because the bloke was cooked. He was, mate. He was cooked. And that was the terminology they used at the time. I mean, there was a a litany of um, hurdles that that fell in front of Kieran as he approached that race. Mm. Uh, You know, he pretty much expected to win in the years leading up and... um, Plenty of things uh, came his way that were unexpected and probably the most notable one was that he was um, dating his his then girlfriend at the time and the coach was pressuring him in the months leading up to the race uh, about his relationship. What was the coach on about there? Well, he just I assume he just was uh, worried about his focus being taken away from 
swimming, you know, 15 minutes straight. I don't know how right. much you need to focus for that, but it just makes me think about <laughs> coaches that have tried to ban sex, you know, for their yeah. players in the past. I don't know if you remember in the 2014 World Cup, uh, the coach of Brazil, Luiz Felipe Scolari, mm. came out and banned acrobatic sex. Have you, do you remember that? So it rings the bell, yeah. What, did he, yeah. Would that ever get defined, what acrobatic sex was? Well, yeah, he said, he said the players can have normal sex, yep. uh, but we will put limits and survey the players, which is a bit yep. creepy. Um, probably get you um, uh, some kind of charge these days. But And as we all know, in hindsight, Brazil bombed out at the group stage in that, that tournament, so that was a small win for married men. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, uh, and, and it didn't work. Um, the pressure didn't work in this case for Kieran either, did it? He overcame. So, mate, he, he almost didn't make it to the final. He barely qualified. Uh, you know, our Olympic hero only just scraped in. Yep. Into lane eight, which is often called the graveyard lane yep. in, in, in Olympic parlance. Yep. Why? It's the, uh, isn't it all the same? I mean, it's the same pool. I mean, look, we, we like to think we know, don't we? And it only comes up once every four years. We all can uh, talk about what makes a fast pool, like mm-hmm. we know exactly what it means. Yeah. I mean, Kieran just got in by a quarter of a second and was rewarded with lane eight. And apparently uh, it's so bad, you know, for a number of reasons. There's a hydrodynamic drag, of course, which you know. Right. I don't need to tell anyone that. Uh, basically, and you can't see your competitors from, from uh, yeah. left to right, and just bad feng shui. I think it is just yep. being out there in lane eight. So, um, yeah, he another hurdle that Kieran had to overcome. Just some kind of OCD element there as well, like you don't have someone <laughs> on both sides to balance you out. I mean, that would affect me if I was in lane eight, certainly. Definitely, yeah. Um, so he was in lane eight, and he was also ill before the race, wasn't he? He nearly pulled out stomach he cramps, did. and he was suffering panic attacks too. For yeah, in the yeah. in the in the real lead up, and it was a real panic attack that he was facing, not a fabricated yeah. PR version. No, no, that's right. And the stomach cramps too. I think he just had a bad Raymond. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know, but but yeah, but there was some very very um, concerning quotes. Uh, I think it was from his uh, piece on Australian Story, where he right. gave us a very chilling insight into the the dark place that he went to mentally before mm. that race. And uh, if I may indulge, Mm. Meadows, I mean, one of them was I I started to go mentally off in this ridiculous tangent about how my life was going to forever alter because if I didn't win this swimming race, the sponsors will be gone and the income will be gone. Oh, my God. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? I always think when I'm under the pump at work, I always immediately think of corpies. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and, but, um, you know, as the Latins say, um, (laughs) Kieran Rose, corpy DM, and he did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Where, where's the Uncle, Uncle Toby's endorsement deal going to go? Is that going to go south if I come in silver? <laughs> that would be concerning to me. Yeah, he's just thinking about walking into, you know, like a, a boardroom and facing a heap of blokes wearing lanyards. Um, and <laughs> Some 24-year-old sponsorship executive. <laughs> that's right. Mate, we're pulling the deal. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, that's a very dark place, mate. It doesn't get much darker than that. Uh, well, you know, he did pull through, though, and I think we've got a little bit of audio that we might play just to, just to bask in because I think we all need this right now, particularly in these troubling times. Coming down to complete 1,400, Kieran Perkins is well clear. Smith is second, Kowalski is third. And he's got a lead of about 20 metres. But Kieran Perkins stand and salute, Australia. Come on, Daniel, fight for that silver, son. But Kieran Perkins stand and salute, Australia. As I said earlier, the great moments in sport come when they're least expected. That's what makes them great. And we're seeing one now. Something out of the box. A great Australian is swimming away from this field. He was down and out yesterday and suddenly he stood up. He wants to be counted. 
He's talking goal. Back with 50. One of the great swims of all time. Kieran Perkins, forget the time. This is all about courage. You are seeing the best of the best. You are a superstar, Kieran Perkins. Save of the moment, Australia. And look at Kowalski coming for the silver. Kowalski coming after Smith. We'll bring Perkins in, about 15 metres to swim. This is rare goal. The best kind of goal. Perkins goes in first. What a great win. And a race for second, a race for the silver. Smith and Kowalski, they come down to the wall after 1,500. Yes! Kowalski got it. And, you know, hit the wall, and it's just this, this, at first, just this huge relief. And for me in Atlanta, it was just just a, a massive excitement. I was just, I was just so incredibly excited. That, that I'd got up there and won it after everything that, that had gone on. It was it was just, oh, I can't believe this. Yes, it's great. Look at Kieran's girlfriend, Samantha Lou and her father, Peter. They would have been the only three. Maybe his coach, John Carew, would have been the only four that thought he could do it. Yes. What a defiant gesture. Out of the pool, he, with the arms. Oh, from right eight. It, was a, it really was a build-up of everything that had happened over the last 18 months, you know, all the all the, the, the negativity and the, 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 the way the media treated the, the whole event, you know, I think that they, they completely written me off, thought that I was a has-been. Uh, and, and, you know, all of those things, all of the, the, the doubts and the, and the knocking that I'd had, uh, I guess it just it just built up to that one moment when, when it was all over and it was like, well, ha, huh, you know, uh, up you all, like, I did it, you know, really, uh, I, I guess it just, just emotion took over. This is incredible. If Australia is not a sea of emotion right now, we don't have a heart. Australians have never lived a more fast-paced life. With work, family and friends, finding time to look after your well-being has never been more difficult. Just ask Director of Global Marketing and all-round regular bloke, Simon. And that's Simon spelt with two eyes. Working 18 hours a day in advertising while juggling a young family and a superfluous eye, I'm often left with limited time to eat a balanced diet. Unless that balanced diet is quality uncut cocaine. Thankfully, I take Havago's premium multivitamin supplement, OptiVigor Plus. Combining vitamin B and folic acid with 94% ground horsehair, OptiVigor Plus gives me the nutrients to remain energized, regular, and on point with healthy bone, nails, and hair, making it sound like it's made for a Palomino horse, which it is. OptiVigor Plus, the official unofficial dressage horse supplement of the Tokyo Olympics. Have a go does not endorse the use of prohibited substances to enhance performance in the workplace or appear on point at social networking functions. Spotlight on Tokyo. Real stories straight from the scene of the 32nd Olympiad. Nobody is more thrilled for the start of the Tokyo Olympics than Japan's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Kerisami Changu. I bear bountiful confidence the Games will be the safest in history. By congregating thousands of athletes from across the world to be sequestered inside a hotbed of human transmission, there's no doubt organisers of the Tokyo Olympics are serious about health and safety.
Despite his leading role in organising the Games health protocols, the CMO is keen to deflect praise. Arranging this complex web has been a team effort. None of it could have been achieved without the direction of the assistant medical professionals assigned to me by the organising committee. It was mostly a bunch of economists from the Treasury office, but pretty sure at least one of them is a naturopath by trade. Spotlight on Tokyo. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How to sign off. Well, 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 and not the way it was, as has been suggested, suggested, but for the last time, time, the way it is. This Friday, the 29th of November, this is Brian, Brian Henderson, sad Brian Henderson, saying, not good night this time, but good, good, goodbye. So, mate, it was 1996, it was a different time. Do you think the nation will stop for a type of event like this again? Can the nation stop for a moment? and celebrate together as one, a harmonious celebration of Australian sport? Well, I mean, uh, uh, we're known for doomsy doomsaying around here, mate, and I'm not going to shy away from that this time. No fucking way will that ever happen no. again. I mean, look, even this time around, I'll be, I'll be uh, poolside or uh, you know, on my TV watching these races in Tokyo, but the 1,500-metre will be uh, watched via IQ times mm. 30. Uh, That's it. So it'll be over in about a matter of seconds. Um, look, the problem is these days, like nobody has the attention span to endure a mm. 15 minute race. I'm sorry. We're all busy people. Yep. We're all, uh, working hard, paying off our mortgages. We just don't have time to sit down and watch, you know, eight blokes go back and forth in the pool. <laughs> no, we don't, do we? It no, was so insane different. that I'll, um, yeah, I'll spew if we don't win either. Well, wherever you were in Australia, whether you were, you know, Broken Hill to Manly, you huddled around the box and you watched this historical sporting moment together as one and it was pure. And it was, you know, social media wasn't around in 1996, was it, mate? No, no. one was trying to get the best hot take to attract no. likes and retweets. It was just no. us and the television. And no, it was traditional free-to-air television, you know, grainy standard definition, yep. weird time zone. And yep. that was all we needed. Maybe that's all we need still. It's and you know what else it was? It was back when well they still do it these days when Channel Seven just give you no fucking indication of when an event's coming on. Yeah. Just stay tuned. The fifteen hundreds next. <laughs> we were glued to the TV for that six hours. You know as we yep. went through um, postcards and and pieces and stuff of of the host city and finally yep. we got there and it was just a moment when a nation of people with low self esteem, um, mm. you know, were able to come together and, and be lifted. You know? Yeah. And, and it was great for ratings. And it's just not going to happen these days. We, we live in a 24-7 news cycle. It just doesn't lend itself to these stop-the-nation moments. You know, they're very few and far between now, I feel. And we, mm. as you say, the attention span just isn't there. That's um, right, mate. Um, you know, in a time of, you know, Gen Z slack, Gen Z's uh, slackers and slogan politics, mate, the... I just don't think we've got it in us anymore, mate. There's not enough about us, so to say, yeah. you know, and the, the pool is just no place anymore for, you know, ill discipline or apathy or computer hunch. You know what I mean? I just, I just <laughs> don't think it's going to happen. as it's called. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's a shame, I think, because, you know, there is still a place uh, for, for clean-cut discipline, I think. You know, we talk a lot about the bad boys of yep. sport, and, and let's be fair, they are very marketable, some of them, but there's still great spoils for those who can achieve great things. 
There certainly is, mate. I mean, uh, yeah, look, you know, and look at Kieran now. He's still oh, yeah. enjoying the spoils of those, you know, 15-plus years of water torture and, yeah. uh, and and all the best to him, mate. You know, he's had a high-ranking role at NAB. Yeah. Uh, he's had, you know, a, a number of directorships. He's I think that a- NAB role, I think he was in private banking, which is yeah. um, which is a classic ex-athlete job. Just It's just taking clients out for long lunches and yep. telling them what it was like to wear the green and gold. And I'm, I'm pretty yep. sure Grant Hackett was in – was in private banking as well and half the Wallabies from the late 90s too. So no technical skills needed whatsoever, no. just telling no. long, you know, stories over long lunches, which is yeah. great and we need more of it. Yeah, not one of them seen a building pass the whole time. Like, uh, <laughs> just always met at, you know, at Ravisi's or something and, and done deals. But, um, but that's know, the thing, and, mate. And, I mean, so, sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah. today's athletes in 2021, are they premium enough to be gifted these plum corporate jobs you know, upon arrival back on home soil, you know, in premium and private banking, you know, do today's corporates want to listen to an Olympic athlete, you know, regale them with stories from the Olympic village over a long lunch? Do they even want that? I, I, look, I don't think so. I mean, there's only so far you can stretch out a story about, you know, how you played eight hours of PlayStation a day between training. <laughs> Um, That's not going to do so, well mate. on the corporate circuit, no, is it? No, it's not. It's not, mate. And you know, Tokyo 2020, no one's going to want to hear about that. Exactly, mate. And that's, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, not, our Olympic movement is suffering and so is the corporate area. So, yeah. you know, I mean, the country's doomed. You won't see Sun Yang working at a big four, mate, will you? <laughs> Content blocked by the International Olympic Committee on copyright grounds. Content blocked again. Fuck, lads, get a license. Tokyo! Yeah!